You obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, my name's Katrina Durden. I'm the blonde zealot in Doctor Strange and the Capra Street Fighter Resurrection. You're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> A young warrior looking for his teacher stumbles into an age-old battle between two warring clans. When his master becomes a casualty of that war, the warrior seeks the evil behind it all. But if it comes down to one clan's kung fu over another, has the warrior learned enough to defend his house? Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vita, and in today's episode, it's a tale of two clans, with Shaolin versus Lama. Shaolin vs. Lama is a 1983 kung fu film that differs a little bit from the stuff I've covered so far in that this film was produced in Taiwan, not Hong Kong. During the big kung fu craze of the 70s and 80s, Hong Kong was the big dog of the kung fu film industry, and it was ruled by two major players. One was the Shaw Brothers Studio, that cranked out influential hits like The Five Deadly Venoms and 36 Chamber of Shaolin, while the other was Golden Harvest Studios, which rode the sinewy shoulders and the meteoric rise to popularity of one Bruce Lee, and then went on to work with the likes of Jackie Chan, Jet Li, and Donnie Yen. Now, while these two studios produced the bulk of the A-level films, a number of smaller studios rode that wave and churned out B-movies with lesser-known talent and smaller budgets just to capitalize on the kung fu craze. This film is one of the standouts of that so-called B-movie group of films. Hardcore kung fu film fans will point to this film as a prime example of quality work outside of the big two and with good reason. The movie opens up with a familiar formulaic sequence of some of the movie's main players doing a demo of their respective skills. Over this demo is a narration that gives some history of the origins of Kung Fu. The origins of Chinese Kung Fu are shrouded in the mists of antiquity. As far back as prehistoric man, imitating the movements of animals as he sat around the cave fire. And so the tradition was handed down. But there was no system to it, nor any structure. Until the abbot of Shaolin, concerned for the well-being of his monks, refined Kung Fu in the 72 basic styles. As a result, the monks of Shaolin became the leading exponents of Kung Fu throughout China. The key takeaway from that narration is that bit about the 72 styles of Kung Fu that were a closely guarded secret of the Shaolin monks. We cut to the courtyard of Kung Fu school where the star of the film, Alexander Lo, playing Sun Yu Ting, is talking with the headmaster about being taken on as a student with a caveat. Sun Yu Ting requires that he test out his teacher before joining his school. Test me? I thought you wanted to be my student. I want to have the best teacher, but you can't beat me at Kung Fu. How can I ever expect to learn anything from you? So one of the hallmarks of these B-movies was their propensity to make up for the lack of star power and story with larger doses of kung fu fighting, which I'm all for, so long as it's good and it's shot well. The teacher, Mr. Cho, and Sun Yu Ting throw down in an excellent display of martial artistry. Alexander Lo was the 1978 Taekwondo champion, and he had a decent career in kung fu films, particularly if that film involved ninjas. In this fight, the pair show off some great hand fighting with expert footwork as they go through a number of styles in the battle. Mr. Cho gets the first minor victory as he knocks Sun Yu Ting down, but Sun Yu Ting is not down for long. He pops back up and switches to a style that involves a little grappling, and we get a cool slow motion sequence that really shows off the leaping and kicking ability of these two actors. It's here that Sun Yu Ting turns the tables and bests Mr. Cho with a very cool flip and armbar that forces the teacher to tap out. Once again, having failed to find a teacher good enough to train him, Sun Yu Ting heads back out into the world. We cut to an alley in town where a group of guys are doing a little gambling. A would-be thief tosses some firecrackers into the gambling den, and amidst the confusion of the exploding poppers, he rushes in and takes the winnings and makes a break for it. The gamblers chase after him, but the thief employs some street skills and acrobatics to help stay a step ahead. 
As the gamblers continue chasing the thief down the street, they're stopped by Sun Yu Ting, who brokers the peace by returning the stolen silver to the gamblers. The little punk is less than grateful for Sun Yu Ting's help and applies some twisted logic to the real threat on his life from the mob. I didn't need your help. They wouldn't have beaten me to death. Oh, why not? So if they kill me, they'd have to pay for my funeral. A waste of money. They wouldn't do that. Regardless, the thief chooses to accompany Sun Yu Ting on his journey to try and repay the favor of helping to get the mob off his back. The pair head to a restaurant for a meal when we learn that the thief's name is Xiao Si Yur, here played by William Yen. Sun Yu Ting explains his search for a kung fu master who can beat him so that he can become his student and further his own martial arts knowledge. Xiao Si thinks he can help by pointing Sun Yu Ting to a local place called the Victory Gym. At the gym, the pasty and rather doughy headmaster is putting on a big dog and pony show to entice new registrants to sign up. Sun Yu Ting steps up and expresses his interest, to which the headmaster is more than receptive, especially since the registration fee is 20 pieces of silver. No problem, but before I pay you, I'd like to have a fight with you first to tell you. <laughs> What's that? You dare to challenge me? The headmaster actually does a spit take when challenged and sputters out some false indignation about the insult to his authority. Here we learn that Sun Yu Ting has not been beaten by any headmaster that he sought for the past five years. The headmaster backpedals a bit until Sun Yu Ting gets into position to start the fight. Instead of taking him on himself, the headmaster conveniently urges his students to jump in and defend the honor of his school. Hey, 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 get in there, lads. Uh, uh, show him what you're made of. Two students step up and get quickly dispatched, even though they're armed with swords. Sun Yu Ting makes his way to the headmaster, who clumsily flails around in an exaggerated display of kung fu prowess. Sun Yu Ting simply toys with him and shows off his considerable skill in avoiding the ham-handed teacher's best efforts. When the teacher's handed a sword, Sun Yu Ting puts on the press and knocks the oaf into a weapons rack, ending the fight. The humiliated teacher can only stand by and watch as his defeat sends the prospective registrants packing. As Sun Yu Ting and Xiao Shi are walking, we learn that Xiao Shi set up that confrontation on purpose to have Sun Yu Ting teach the hack teacher a lesson. We also find out that the common thief is actually a Shaolin monk in disguise. He's apparently been on an errand from his head abbot to fetch meat and wine for him. Sun Yu Ting is skeptical until Xiao Shi shows off some of his Shaolin Kung Fu. In this little display, actor Willie Mann gets to show his considerable tumbling skill as well as his parkour ability when he scales a wall then flips backwards off of it. When he's done, he explains to Sun Yu Ting how his grandmaster taught him his skills and that he just may be better at Kung Fu than Sun Yu Ting. Intrigued, Sun Yu Ting accompanies Xiao Shi to his temple where they sneak in over a wall. Xiao Shi introduces Sun Yu Ting to his grandmaster, but the abbot is upset at the idea of a stranger on temple grounds. Sun Yu Ting pleads his case about finding a teacher, but it falls on deaf and rather dismissive ears, so he tries again using another tactic to try and provoke a response. I have heard that you are an expert. Well, my guess is you are afraid to fight me because you're not confident you can win. <laughs> you're a stupid young fool. Fight scene. The Grandmaster, played by Jing Chi Sun, is a cantankerous old coot who handles Sun Yu Ting as easily as he handled everyone else he fought so far. The Grandmaster plays around with Sun Yu Ting, and we get a bit of humor here as he locks him up around the neck using just his leg. And in a deftly executed move, the Grandmaster pops off his shoe and lays his dirty, gnarled, blistered foot right next to Sun Yu Ting's face. When he complains of the smell, the Grandmaster tosses Sun Yu Ting around, then horrifyingly jams his foot right into Sun Yu Ting's mouth. I'll throw a screen cap of this scene onto my Twitter and Instagram feed, so head over there to see the grossness for yourself. When the Grandmaster's had enough, he kicks Sun Yu Ting back and tells him to leave, but Sun Yu Ting recognizes that he's been beaten by the best, pleads to be accepted as a student. The Grandmaster, however, has no interest. As he leaves the dejected Sun Yu Ting behind him, Xiao Shi tries to offer some hope. I have an idea. Hey, don't worry. I think I know a way he'll take you on. But you must do what I say. Mm. His big idea is to antagonize the Grandmaster so much that he attacks him and thus demonstrates his formidable skill, which Sun Yu Ting will emulate and study. The next day, as the Grandmaster is lounging in a tree, 
you know, because a bed would be stupid. Sun Yuting and Xiao Shi set up a spit roast nearby where they fire up a fat rotisserie chicken. The smell wakes the Grandmaster, who acrobatically hops out of the tree to see what's cooking. They're about to split it between them when the Grandmaster pops in and demands that he be cut in on the grub. Xiao Shi and Sun Yuting play a humorous game of keep away with the chicken while the salivating Grandmaster stumbles his way from one to the other to get a taste. Playing the only bargaining chip he has, Sun Yuting makes his case one last time. Master, let me be a student and I'll give you a chicken. <laughs> the Grandmaster is unreasonably peeved by this taunt and scolds Xiao Shi for trying to trick him into accepting another student, something which he has sworn to never again do. And since the chicken is apparently coated in crack, he spends the next few seconds sparring with Sun Yuting to try and take the chicken away. All the while, Sun Yuting is studying the way he moves and committing them to memory. The Grandmaster eventually does get the chicken, but Sun Yuting considers a mission accomplished for now. Uh, hey, how was it? How much did you learn? He hit me so often, I only learned one style. Huh? After practicing what he's learned that evening, Sun Yuting returns to the clearing with another chicken to see what else he can learn in another training by chicken sequence. Here, Sun Yuting rigs up the chicken on the spit to be pulled away by a string to a waiting Xiaoxi up in the trees. The Grandmaster, not one for letting lunch slip away so easily, leaps high into the air and snags the chicken, pulling Xiaoxi down with him. When Sun Yuting steps in to try to coax the old man into another sparring match, the Grandmaster attempts another strike, but Sun Yuting is able to block it with what he learned the day before. His cockiness allows him to gloat for just a second until the Grandmaster reels off a quick sequence of moves that upends Sun Yuting and sends him sprawling. We get a cool slow motion shot of the Grandmaster picking Sun Yuting up and throwing him with ease, and then it cuts to real time where we see the nimble old man completely own Sun Yuting with a leg bar that threatens to break his back. Your basic kung fu is no good. You can't move fast enough. And you don't have enough strength. And your body movements are like a street fighter. It's too easy for me to trip you up. What is the Potter family? Hey, y'all. It's Juliette Miranda from the Unwritable Rant Podcast. This is Michael Vasquez of the No Sound Bites Allowed Podcast. I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob from the Something Something Cast. This is Knock from the Geek Yogurt Podcast. This is Jeff with the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. This is Daniel from the Toe on the Trigger Podcast. This is Dave from the Parlapod Podcast. Hey guys, this is Mike from the Mike Jolet Show. Woo! We're Josh and David from the Scotch and Flicks Podcast. We are you. Podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow. So follow us on Twitter at Podern Family. Use the hashtag Podern Family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same. Potter and Family, where great podcasts come home. That night, Sun Yuting trains a bit more and applies what he's learned to Xiao Xi, who is impressed. However, lurking outside happens to be the old man, and he dampens Xiao Xi's enthusiasm just a tad. He just learned a few styles. What's good about that? If you meet a real fighter... You ain't gonna stand a chance. As the Grandmaster flips away, Sun Yuting finally learns while the old man won't accept him as a student. Xiao Shi recounts the tale of one former student named Qi Kung, who ten years prior was the Grandmaster's prized pupil. Qi Kung studied hard and learned everything that the Grandmaster taught him, but he harbored a secret. Qi Kung was a Lama, and chief of a sect called the Golden Wheel Lamas. The previous chief visited the school the years earlier and challenged the abbot at the time to a duel. Fight scene. Here we get a very brief fight scene between the Chief Lama and the Shaolin Abbot, with both older gents flying through the air at one another and landing some hard strikes. The Lama gets the worst of the beating and winds up on the ground clutching his chest painfully. According to the tale, the Lama is gravely injured but makes his way back to his clan where he charges Chi Kung with avenging his death when he's ready. So Chi Kung laid his plans. First of all, he came to Shaolin. Later he stole the secret Shaolin manual, the Book of I Ching. 
The flashback continues as we follow a dark-hooded Chi Kong as he raids the Shaolin Library and steals the I Ching Manual. He's about to make his escape through a window when he's confronted by a few of the monks. Fight scene. Chi Kong makes quick work of the monks as he fights his way to the balcony and then leaps down several stories to the ground below. There, he takes out a few more monks and makes a break for the gates. Before he can escape, he runs into the young Grandmaster who trades blows with him for a few seconds before ripping the mask off of the robber's face. When the Grandmaster realizes who he's fighting, he freezes in place for a moment, giving Chi Kung the time he needs to escape into the night. It was this moment that drove the Grandmaster to drink, and he's been searching for Chi Kung for the better part of a decade with no luck. Sun Yuting ponders all of this very somberly when Xiao Shi reminds him that he's trying to learn Kung Fu, and he thinks he's got a way for Sun Yuting to learn it more quickly. We cut to the next morning in the courtyard of the temple proper where some students are going through their bow katas. Sun Yuting and Xiao Shi sneak around the grounds and spy on the students from afar. There's a shot of the students in formation with one guy reeling off an absolutely ridiculous set of backward somersaults in succession. The instructor manages to catch the pair in the act of spying and rushes to confront them. Sun Yuting tries to fight him off, but the instructor is too good and subdues him quickly. So apparently, in the past five years, Sun Yuting couldn't find anyone to beat him. But in the span of a few days, he's been bested by two people. Either Sun Yuting has been fighting scrubs, or he's a really terrible judge of kung fu skill. The instructor brings Sun Yuting to the chief abbot where he pleads his case to be accepted as a student again. Xiao Shi is about to be punished for bringing an outside into the temple when Sun Yuting, in a show of loyalty, offers himself up as punishment since it was his ambition that brought them both here in the first place. The abbot shows some leniency but still refuses to accept Sun Yuting into the school. He's escorted to the gates where he has to walk away at least for the moment. Now we cut to a gathering of some brightly dressed Tibetan lamas as they're being entertained by Chief Su of the Skyhawk clan. Seated among them is Yao Feng Lin, who's the chief's right-hand man. As Chief Su's raising a glass to toast his guests, Yao Feng Lin whips out a blade and stabs the chief, enacting his bid for control of the clan. Fight scene. Despite having just been stabbed, Chief Su fights back and learns that the lamas there have already pledged their loyalty to the new leader of the Skyhawk clan, Yao Feng Lin. Chief Su's soldiers storm into the place to answer the treachery as an all-out brawl unfolds. Chief Su and Yao Feng Lin go at it while the Skyhawk soldiers throw the steel around against the llamas. Chief Su's daughter gets mixed up in the battle, and she proves to be no slouch with a blade either, as she cuts her way through the chaos to try and help her father. She takes a blade to the leg, however, and has to retreat a bit when one of the Skyhawk soldiers urges that she get away from there as quickly as she can. Miss Su can only watch as her father gets cut down by the llamas. Once beyond the walls, Miss Su makes her way to the country roads, but the Skyhawk's traitors are in hot pursuit. They track her down and corner her, pressuring her to come back with them or be cut down where she stands. How could all of you men be so wicked? My father trusted you, but you have betrayed him and then murdered him. I swear, as long as I live, I'll tell everybody I meet about your crimes. I want the whole world to know what plans you have to take over control. Stupid fool, you're forcing me to kill you! <laughs> Luckily for Miss Sue, just off the road a bit, Sun Yuting is taking a breather when he hears the commotion. He hops to the girl's rescue and deftly holds off the soldiers even though they've got a variety of weapons at their disposal. Using what he already knows and what he's learned from the Grand Master, he quickly lays out the soldiers and tells them that Miss Sue is now under his protection. The soldiers scatter, but they promise to remember him. Sun Yuting takes Miss Su to a nearby shack where he tends to her wounds. Having no medicine of his own, Sun Yuting hurries back to Shaolin Temple where he scales the wall and asks Xiao Shi to get some medicine for him. Xiao Shi balks at the request because, apparently, the apothecary won't give him any medicine since he's not hurt. Now, in one of the laugh-out-loud scenes for me, Sun Yuting hauls back and just straight punches Xiao Shi in the eye, turning it instantly purple. The logic here is that now they'll believe that he's hurt and grant him some medicine. Ah, oh, my luck deserted me the day I met you! Later that evening, after delivering the medicine, Miss Su tells Sun Yuting what exactly happened back at her father's place. The traitor Yao Feng Lin plans to use the Skyhawk clan to take over all the fighting clans in the area. Xiao Shi shows up with some food and pledges his help to keep Miss Su safe as well. Unfortunately for all of them, two of the Skyhawk clan members have returned for Sun Yuting, 
and they plan to finish what they started. Sun Yuting goes up against the main thug, and again, he seems to get more than he can handle. So this now makes three people whose kung fu is apparently better than his. Miss Su and Xiao Shi also get involved, but the three of them combined don't seem to be able to make any headway, even though Xiao Shi gets to demonstrate more of his impressive acrobatic moves. When Sun Yuting and Xiao Shi get thrown to the ground, the Skyhawk goon adds insult to injury. Who the hell teaches you kung fu? You don't know a thing. Your master must be an ignorant idiot as well. With that, from out of the darkness appears the Grandmaster himself, and he takes umbrage at the slight to his character. The Skyhawk goon takes the all-too-familiar tack of telling the old man to step aside lest he get hurt, but he's about to find out just how wrong he is. I enjoy good food and wine, and I love a fight. You're the ones who'd better leave you run a grave risk challenging me. Fight scene. The Grandmaster whips around and liberally tags the leader with his choice of strikes. His compatriots take a moment to admire the way he handles the Skyhawk goons before jumping back into the fray so that he can focus on the leader. Using his Shaolin Tiger style, the Grandmaster definitely moves from one goon to the other and does enough damage that he can step back for a second and throw some shade. Your kung fu is useless against me. Now tell me who your lousy master is. <laughs> the Grandmaster continues pressing and hands out a quick and dirty beating to the Skyhawk thugs and leaves them wallowing in the dirt while he imparts one last bit of wisdom. <laughs> you had overlooked a lousy student, May. Hey. <laughs> A lousy student may have a good master. Xiao Shi teases that the Grandmaster has unofficially accepted Sun Yuting as his student, but the Grandmaster gruffly maintains that he wants nothing to do with Sun Yuting at all. Meanwhile, at Skyhawk headquarters, Yao Feng Lin is taking the report from the Skyhawk captain who just got beaten down. When he asks the captain the name of the monk that beat him, he doesn't have an answer, so Yao Feng Lin does what any good dictatorial leader does. He snaps his neck right there on the spot and reinforces the order to find Miss Su and kill her. Robo! Sushi Jackknife is a weekly show about depressed children's characters, dead soul of my mother that lives in the moon, and uh, <laughs> an apathetic Jorge shook his head no and walked off. Christmas Tuba Man. You've been brought here on a mission of the most high import Tuba Man. Planets of Miserable Slugs. So on this giant slug planet, I can't get over this idea. Giant slug planet. I, I, I really, there's one musical slug, just one? Just one. Just one? Yeah. And do his song for me. And he day? and he just he only plays it to torment the other slug. Super bananas from the past. He's a super banana from the past. He's from the past. He went to the future, but he's from the past. Walmart haiku. At last, dreams come true. Yeah, you're right. Bullets, hot pockets, nose spray, all in the same place. <laughs> Original games. Number two. Yes. Who said it? Garrison Keeler or Lil Wayne? Uh-huh. A girl in a bikini is like having a loaded pistol on your coffee table. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's hard to stop thinking about it. But that's Lil Wayne. No, dude. It's Garrison Keeler. Sushi Jackknife is over 50 episodes strong and as binge-worthy as The Vicar of Dibley. No one knows what that is. You're, you're right. I mean, No one knows. I mean, I know what it is. Is it, it necessary that people know what it is? Well, I mean, you just referenced an obscure British sitcom that no one watched. I mean, I watched it. You are literally... The, <laughs> the people on the show didn't watch it. Yeah. Anyway. The opening was a hymn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people know about hymns. No, but... I, I, no one cares. Okay. <laughs> well, if you want, if it like comes around, like listen to Sushi Jackknife. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and whatever. Like, off of it. Yeah. Yeah. We then cut back to Miss Sue, who's busy training to try and keep her skills sharp as she recuperates. As Sun Yuting warns her not to push too hard, they get a visit from Fao Yang Lin and several of his soldiers. Now, 
given that the captain paid them a visit just the night prior, wouldn't you think it prudent to have, oh, I don't know, moved to a new camp? Instead, they stay put, and now Fa Yinglin insists that Miss Sue return with him. You're gonna leave with me. I'm gonna take revenge. I'm gonna kill you. In case you haven't noticed, we're getting a fight scene every few minutes now. Unless you think they're all formulaic and boring, I assure you that they're not, much to the credit of this film. Thanks to the actors, the fight scenes don't all melt into one big brawl that you can't distinguish. Thus far, each of these fights have felt different and showcased some unique skills. In this one, Sun Yuting and Miss Su mix it up with the llamas. Fao Yang Lin stands off to the side for a moment as Sun Yuting trades blows with the orange llama, for lack of a better name. This is quick-moving, hard-striking exchange, and yet again, Sun Yuting gets handed a beating, capped by the orange llama, headbutting him in the chest so hard that he sprays a bloody mist fountain from his mouth as he stumbles backwards. Miss Sue has her hands full with the purple llama and is taking her own beating when Xiao Shi comes running in to witness the carnage. As he surveys the scene, he sees Fao Yang Lin and makes a startling revelation. Fao Yang Lin is actually the Grandmaster's former student, Qi Kung. Before Xiao Shi can get down to warn the others, Qi Kung stares Sun Yuting down and they immediately launch into a dazzling battle. After the opening salvo of hand strikes, we get a slow motion shot of Qi Kung doing a running flying kick that lands three times across Sun Yuting's chest, sending him flailing backwards. Now, I know it's only a brief sequence, but yet again, Sun Yuting has met another individual whose kung fu isn't half bad. It kind of makes you wonder who he was going after those five years, doesn't it? Xiao Shi eventually makes his way down and distracts Qi Kung by calling him out by his real name. While his head's turned, Xiao Shi throws a big bucket of loose dirt into the air, which creates an inordinately large dust cloud, which our heroes use to beat a hasty retreat like a bunch of ninja. When the dust clears, there's no sign of them, and Qi Kung is a little put out. <laughs> After a short race across the hills, Xiao Shi leads the group back to Shaolin Temple where they beg for refuge. The monks at the gate are initially reticent, but when the warrior monks see the llamas attacking, they regather and go into attack mode. Fight scene. Hm. We llamas are traditional enemies of the Shaolin. It's a monk llama free for all, and these llamas aren't just skilled, they're mean. It's a far cry from the images of the peaceful, frail Dalai Lama that some of us grew up with. Though mostly unarmed, the llamas dole out some serious damage to the Shaolin. It looks to turn into a very one-sided affair when a lone figure flips his way into the middle of the battle. Here we meet the Shaolin chief Yan Zhu, who once more tries to use reason to put down the llama attack. But the orange llama, who by the way also sports an eye patch and looks like he enjoyed one too many cheeseburgers in his day, isn't interested in anything that doesn't end up with the fugitives in his custody. Old monk, I don't have time to listen to this. Hand over the traitor right now, or else we'll have to take her ourselves! If you insist on ignoring what I've said to you, you leave us no choice but to use our kung fu. Yan Zhu then goes about quickly and efficiently dismantling the llamas one by one. He casually flips over their heads, chops at their throats, and lands thunderous kicks to their chests, which results in lots of those fountain-like spit storms that Sun Yuting coughed up earlier. Stopping just short of outright killing them, Yan Zhu pulls back and dismisses the llamas, giving them a chance to walk away. The llamas comply, but promise that they will return. Inside the temple, Sun Yuting finds himself before the chief abbot again, and once again, gets the news that he will not be allowed admission. Sun Yuting pleads with the abbot, but gets nowhere, until the Grandmaster himself walks in and offers to accept Sun Yuting as his student. You may refuse, but I am more than happy to accept him. Brother, you really want to be his master? That's right. The abbot isn't crazy about the idea, especially when he's reminded of the school's failure with Qi Kung. The Grandmaster drops the bomb that the new head of the Skyhawk clan is actually Qi Kung himself. And you'd think that after more than a decade of searching, the abbot would welcome the information. Instead, his stance is to forget about Qi Kung, because in chasing after him, they all violated their oaths to Buddha. The Grandmaster protests, saying that Qi Kung still has the I Ching manual, but the abbot is resigned to fate. But it's here that Xiao Shi steps up and drops some knowledge. 
He argues that the teachings of Buddha require that they be a force for good, and that means stopping evil like Qigong. The abbot, intrigued by what he's heard, softens his stance and allows the grandmaster to take Sun Yuting on as his pupil. But in order for Sun Yuting to adhere to the tenets of Shaolin, he has to concede to becoming a monk. Next up, as with any good student-master relationship, we get a montage of the grueling training sequences that Shaolin monks have to go through to get to their beast kung fu mode. We see Sun Yuting work out with various torturous contraptions like weighted harnesses, stone boots and gauntlets, inverted suspensions from trees, and so on, all while his master eats, drinks, and snores nearby. Xiao Xi injects some levity into a lot of these scenes when he tries to help Sun Yuting, often resulting in both of them falling down comically. As time passes, we watch Sun Yuting slowly grow stronger and more capable each day. During a sparring session with the Grandmaster, Sun Yuting shows that while he has learned a lot, he still lacks a certain instinct for fighting, and it drives the Grandmaster crazy. He huffs off with drink in hand, leaving Sun Yuting to think about how he's going to better himself. In the next scene, we catch up with Sun Yuting as he's straight punching a tree with every punch, stripping it more and more of its bark. His knuckles are gnarled and swollen, but he keeps punching until he gets an unexpected visitor. Behind him, clapping mockingly, Chi Kung shows up and belittles the effort that Sun Yuting is putting into making himself a better kung fu fighter. Chi Kung goes through his bad guy dialogue with Sun Yuting, where he explains how he used to live there at the temple and how they even shared the same teacher. Eventually, he gets to the point and asks Sun Yuting where Miss Su's been secreted away. Of course, Sun Yuting refuses to answer, so Chi Kung insists on asking the question another way. Okay, should I do my movie voice? Yeah, do it. Hi! This is a beardo and a weirdo talk film. A movie podcast. Actually, it's, isn't it a film podcast? Because it's called a beardo and a weirdo talk film. A beardo and a weirdo talk film. A film podcast about films. <laughs> F-I-L. F to the I to the L-M-S. Films, yeah. We talk about films, don't we? We talk about old films. Mainly new what, films, though. What about, Matt, enlighten me. What, what was the film we just reviewed? Um, I believe it was Fantastic Beasts Ooh. and Where to Not Find Them. Ooh. And and what was your rating out of out of the mat 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 out of ten? Uh that was a reasonably warm seven out of ten. What was yours, Joe? I gave it an eight. An eight. An so eight. You you think it's slightly better um, than me, but a dirty slut who just gives everything away. You just give it away, didn't just you? Just take it. Take it. Take take the eight. Take the eight. Take it. Take it deep. You know, you, know you want the eight. But yeah, uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, there's YouTube, but there's no video footage, so you just listen to it and look at a picture of us, so uh, that's good. Yep, and Eddie Redmayne has autism, and he guns a lot. <sighs> I can do magic, me. It's all started to fall into place. <laughs> Fight scene. Hold on, I need to step right back through this gaping plot hole right here. When we last saw Qigong, he had just been fighting Sun Yuting and beating him pretty badly, I might add, when he ran away to Shaolin Temple. They were followed there by several Lama goons who then left after getting beaten by Yan Zhu. From there, Sun Yuting joined the temple and trained over several years to become the badass warrior monk that he is now. And only now does Qigong decide to show up and ask for Miss Su again? The Lama knew where the temple was. They knew that Miss Yu had been taken there. They had already threatened to destroy the temple when they came back, so did they just forget to come back? Qi Kung was better than Sun Yuting, so did he just kind of chill while Sun Yuting trained day and night to become better at Kung Fu? At some point, shouldn't one of the Lamas have said, hey, shouldn't we be getting back to burning down the temple and snatching up Miss Su? No? No one? Fight scene. Back to this fight. Qi Kung and Sun Yuting trade punches in quick succession. Sun Yuting is better, but still not as good as Qi Kung. Chi Kung draws first blood with a hard kick to Sun Yuting's chest, but he bounces back and is able to hold his own in the close quarter exchanges a bit better than last time. Chi Kung does still manage to throw Sun Yuting, but before Chi Kung can pounce, the Grand Master shows up and faces off against his former student. 
These two put up a blisteringly fast-paced exchange, but Chi Kung spends most of his time evading rather than fighting back. The Grandmaster bristles out the style and presses his attack. Chi Kung has no choice but to fire back, and it seems he's been preparing something for quite a while. Allow me to demonstrate the skill of Shao Lin, the special technique of shadow boxing. Chi Kung has mastered the top Shaolin style from having had the I Ching for the past dozen years. While the Grandmaster can put up a credible fight, Chi Kung is fueled by pure hatred. The fight gets very visceral here as we get lots of slow motion shots of the pair landing devastating blows that draw blood and spit. Chi Kung draws the Grandmaster in close, and though he takes some massive strikes, he manages to land some vicious headshots that you can hear actually cracking the Grandmaster's skull. Meanwhile, a badly beaten Sun Yuting can only watch helplessly from the bushes as he struggles to get to his feet. When reinforcements from the temple arrive, Chi Kung turns tail and runs, and as the Grandmaster expires, he whispers some final words to the Chief Abbot, which we're not privy to just yet. Later, a grieving Sun Yuting, defying temple rules, decides he needs to leave the temple and get his revenge. As he reaches the gates, he's met by the Chief Abbot, who declares that his Kung Fu just is not good enough yet, and besides, as a Buddhist monk, it's against his code to seek vengeance. Sun Yuting respectfully disagrees and stresses that it was his master who was killed. Yan Zhu from earlier entertains Sun Yuting's request and offers him a challenge. If you want to leave, you'll have to first take me on in combat. After that, you may go. Fight scene. Sun Ting goes on the attack against Yan Zhu with another really acrobatic and fierce display. Yan Zhu is more than his match, however, and easily sets Sun Yuting up for a cool slow motion leg sweep that leaves Sun Yuting laid out on his back. And I feel the need to point out again that this is yet another person whose kung fu is better than Sun Yuting's. And this is after training. Beaten and humbled, Sun Yuting still seeks to leave, so the abbot gives him an opportunity to earn his way out by cleaning the floors and living in solitary study for six months. During his first month there, he meets another monk who teaches him how to properly harness his breathing in order to increase his strength. As he continues to learn, he also gets a lecture on mercy and how it has to coexist with Kung Fu, which can be used for killing. Here too, we learn what the dying grandmaster whispered to the chief abbot. When your master died, he requested the chief abbot to let you stay with me. He wanted you to learn the secret style of the Shaolin Buddha finger because only that style is capable of defeating Yao Feng. This style allows for the fighter to focus all his strength into one point. The monk shows him by destroying logs with one punch and still is able to punch a clean hole in a thin piece of paper. Sun Yuting tries it and ends up with bloody knuckles and torn sheets of paper all over the room. That night, we catch up with Xiao Si, who has learned that Miss Su, who's been in hiding up till now, has decided to become a nun. At the convent where Miss Su is secreted away, we watch Miss Su in prayer when a figure drops in and approaches her out of the darkness. The figure is Chi Kung himself, who, if you remember from way back when, made it his primary mission to find Miss Su and either have her join them or kill her. And this was months, maybe years ago at this point. The takeaway here is that these villains sure do procrastinate a lot. Fight scene. This fight sequence is pretty brutal as Chi Kung overwhelms Miss Su with a barrage of strikes, followed by attempts to kill her by throwing her off a balcony. Not once, but four times. To her credit, Miss Su keeps getting back up and putting up a fight, but she is woefully overmatched. After the last balcony toss, Chi Kung approaches, and after delivering a devastating kick to her face, he winds up to throw one last kick, but is stopped by the abbot Yan Zhu. The two get into it, and Yan Zhu tries to get Miss Su to run away, but after so many falls, she can barely sit up, much less run. Chi Kung maneuvers the fight closer to her for a moment, and when he can, he strikes like a snake with a leg kick that snaps her neck like a twig. Yan Zhu, meanwhile, is doing all he can to put up a decent fight. The pair whirl and twist all over the grounds until Chi Kung catches the abbot with a chop that stuns him. This is followed by a number of strikes that echo loudly as they cut into the abbot's body, crushing the life from him. The next morning, the bodies of Miss Su and Yan Zhu are laid out of the temple gate for the other monks to find. 
Onions whose body is a note. I'll meet you at Hero Hill tomorrow afternoon. Sun Yuting and Xiao Shi come running up to the grisly scene, and it only strengthens his resolve to seek vengeance. But before he can go off half-cocked, the monks scold him and tell him to rein it in. He continues his training, still conflicted by what he needs to do and what he wants to do. Meanwhile, the chief abbot has decided that he will go meet Chi Kung on Hero Hill. Meanwhile, back at Lama House, Chi Kung and his cronies are preparing for what they see as the final battle. And again, I feel the need to point out now that Chi Kung had all the info he required to destroy the Shaolin several years ago when Sun Yu Ting was still a scrub beating up on invalids and babies, apparently. But no, he waited an extra three years or so until Sun Yu Ting got all grown up. On Hero Hill, the chief abbot and Chi Kung face off. The abbot only asks for the Ching back and to stop the fighting. Chi Kung gets right to the point. No more talk. I'm gonna beat you. Fight, Shane. The abbot and his companion get right to it against the three llamas with spears, staffs, and blades flying all over the place. This abbot was the one who killed Chi Kung's master, so it's rather personal between them. It's a fantastic battle in a great setting, which the combatants use well. Several fighters wind up going over small embankments and landing in shallow pools, and the first casualties are the abbot's companion and the pirate llama when they struggle and headbutt one another with bone-crushing ferocity. Meanwhile, back at Shaolin, Xiao Shi finds the note that Yanzu left behind and alerts Sun Yuting. They race to Hero Hill, only to find the chief abbot already reeling after a dazzling spear and staff fight with Chi Kung that ended with the spear tip buried deep in the abbot's gut. As the abbot struggles, Sun Yuting jumps into the frames and met with disdain by Chi Kung. What's up, everybody? This is your man, Adam, from the Mike Kings Podcast, telling you guys to give us a listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and follow us on Twitter, at the Mike Kings. We talk about pop culture, movies, games, TV shows, anything that's interesting to today's millennials. Give us a listen. I promise you'll enjoy it. We appreciate it. Thank you. Final Fight. Sun Yuting charges in, and what was once a clumsy ham-fisted attack now looks polished and efficient with Chi Kung having to back off to deal with the speedy strikes. They dance around one another and move from one stance to the next effortlessly, so much so that even Chi Kung has to admire his foe's progress. There's some great scenes of close hand fighting followed by extended kicking sequences, with each guy landing some hard blows. Chi Kung isn't phased by anything until he takes a knuckle to the head, which hurts him. We cut to a close shot of Sun Yu Ting's knuckles as he displays the style he's been studying in solitary for the past six months. <laughs> Sun Yu Ting remembers some pointers from his teacher and then presses the attack once more. Chi Kung tries to counter with a mixture of styles, but Sun Yu Ting climbs all around him and aims for all his weak spots. However, Chi Kung seems to not have very many weak spots, as each of Sun Yu Ting's strikes have no effect. Only a chance hit to the armpit has some effect, but Sun Yu Ting doesn't notice it. Instead, from the sidelines, Xiao Shi and the wounded abbot spot it. On the abbot's orders, Xiao Shi rushes in to tell Sun Yu Ting about the weak spot. You know, instead of maybe yelling it out to him. And he gets promptly beaten up despite his acrobatic ability. Only after he takes a massive beating does the pair decide to team up and tackle Chi Kung. Xiao Shi attacks high while Sun Yuting goes low and they manage to lay direct hits to Chi Kung's armpits, breaking his Kung Fu, or at least disabling that one style. Severely weakened, however, Sun Yuting's improved skill proves to be a deciding factor as he lets loose a sick barrage of punches and kicks that sends Chi Kung into the river below. Sun Yuting dives in after him and grabs Chi Kung's legs and breaks it and is about to step on his throat when the abbot stops him and reminds him that he needs to show mercy. Insulted by the show of mercy and in a last act of defiance, Chi Kung swings his own hands at his temples and crushes his skull with a final parting shot. I am the devil! I must die to prove that Buddha exists! So final verdict, this is a bona fide kung fu classic that may not be able to live up to the hype, but is enjoyable nonetheless. There are no major stars in it, so I won't send you looking for other movies, but this film should be considered a high point in all their kung fu careers. 
Okay, gang, that'll do it for this episode. As always, follow me on all the social media at Kung Fu Drive-In. Check out the Facebook page or just drop me an email, kungfudrivein at gmail.com. Shout out, as always, to the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter and the Movie Pod Squad crew, some of whom I need to shout out here. Like all podcasters, I love me some iTunes reviews. They really help out a lot. So if you want to help give this little show a boost, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review. They really, really, really help. For example, I really got some awesome reviews from some friends across the pond in jolly old England and Scotland. So a humble thank you to the guys from the Films and Swearing podcast who talk dirty about films. Not talk about dirty films, though they might. I'm not sure. But they're a smart show with some great, if not safer work, insights. The Southern Double Deep Podcast, which has a great concept in that they take three films that share a word in the title and review them all at once. It's a well-done show that really does its homework in their reviews. And to the boys from a Beardo and a Weirdo Talk Films podcast, which I think is one of the funniest film review podcasts out there. These guys should be comedians, so go check it out and have a laugh or four. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. On the hands running down the thousand stairs The fatally can now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless idea they're rolling over the land Yeah the little big soldier is old otherwise wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, Got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars then pass here the blast On the end back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good but boards don't hit back Yeah the death jewels here Derry D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jet Li's even faster The channel Little dream because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie show your spine oh, Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cut the vampires back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all So stand back You place the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaolin the man is style Yeah defeat the enemy me and watch you run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See, it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok. The Shogun assassin slashing blood of just did drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance that won't stop. Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins. He's got Irma just in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen. She got the parties on the floor. When the blood, it'll splatter against the walls. No fear at all, to kill them all. There's always blood spilled when you head into a war. Fearless. Unleashed, the fist of legend at the car gently. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's war. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine.